is a surprise. Still, cuts to the chase. Stay in here, look after Jackie. I'm not looking after my mum. Well, you brought her. I was kidnapped. Doctor, they've got guns. And I haven't, which makes me the better person, don't you think? They can shoot me dead, but the moral high ground is mine. Marvellous. Oh, very good. Superb. Happy day. Um, thanks. Nice to meet you. I'm the doctor. Oh, I should say. Hooray. You, you've heard of me, then? Well, of course we have. And I have to say, if it wasn't for you, none of us would be here. The doctor and the TARDIS. I... And, and, and you are? Oh, plenty of time for that. But according to the records, you're not one for travelling alone. The Doctor and his companion. That's the pattern, isn't it, right? There's no point hiding anything. Not from us. So where is she? Yes, sorry. Good point. She's just a bit shy, that's all. But here she is, Rose Tyler. Mm. She's not the best I've ever had. A bit too blonde. Not too steady on her pins, a lot of that. And just last week, she stared into the heart of the time vortex and aged 57 years. But she'll do. I'm 40. Deluded. Bless. I'll have to trade her in. Do you need anyone? She's very good at tea. Well, I say very good. I mean, not bad. Well, I say not bad. Anyway, lead on. Allons-y. But not too fast. Her ankle's going. I'll show you where my ankle's going. Live from Canary Wharf, this is Doctor Who Podshock. <laughs> This is Doctor Who Podshock, episode 46 for the week of July 3rd, 2006. My name is Ken Deep, alongside Mr. Lewis Trapani. Hello. And across the pond, of course, Mr. James Norton. Hello. Soon to be on our side of the pond. Indeed. Which is Indeed. not as advantageous as it seems. <laughs> of course, Sadly instead of like, gaining him live in person for our recording, we're, we're going to be losing him. That would him. be awesome, yeah. <laughs> I know, we, we so need to organize that, guys. Nick, we'll make it happen. We will make it happen. Yeah. Well, but, you're uh, going to be in the States, but a, about a thousand miles south of us, unfortunately. <laughs> it doesn't really happen. I guess we have to yeah. arrange a road trip to Georgia when the devil comes to Could Georgia do. or something like that. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to go on a little road trip. So, so James is going to be in the States uh, for a few weeks, but unfortunately uh, nowhere near Lewis or myself, but perhaps near you. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be wearing a disguise. So <laughs> for, for all you would-be stalkers out there. In, in dark sunglasses and a trench coat and 
etc. Which is really stupid because it'll be absolutely scorching. So I understand. <laughs> he has to do this because he knows he has tons of groupies here. <laughs> yeah, right. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are in the news segment. And we are. Uh, I, I I didn't know we entered news yet. Okay. Well, okay. Now sound effects in. There, there you go. Didn't you hear? I heard him. Okay. Okay. So now we're in the Doctor Who newsroom. What news is there to report, gentlemen? Loads, Lewis. I think it, we, you are our official news guy, so I think you should uh, tell us what's been going on. Well, depending on when this particular podcast goes out, it could be this weekend, it could be last weekend, but we're guessing it might be this weekend, that you'll have the opportunity to see Doctor Who on the big screen. Well, that's if you're lucky enough to be in, um, I believe, Cardiff, because uh, the Odeon in Cardiff will be showing uh, the season finale, Doomsday, on their big screen. It's the Odin Multiplex um, in Red Dragon Center in Cardiff Bay, and um, though you won't, I mean, you could be one of, you could be very, very well, could be one of the hundred people that got free tickets to it, um, but if you're, you won't have an opportunity to get free tickets because um, we're recording this on July 2nd, and it's this weekend is your, is the weekend to, um, to go and uh, have an opportunity to get free tickets, because if you had a copy of the IC Wales um, newspaper, not, it's, I, the letter I and the letter C, whales, not like I see whales, like I see dead people, I see whales, I see dolphins. No. Um, I'm going off on a tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, 100 uh, people, lucky people, were got free tickets to see it. And um, But you could also be one of the paying customers to or visitors there uh, to see it as well. And they're giving 50 pairs of tickets uh, that they'll be giving out as well for the following show uh, Sunday, which is um, July 8th, or, or is it July 9th? I think it was a typo in um, it's it's actually a, a typo in the paper. It's actually July 9th. So I have to say this is awesome because if this is in the Red Dragon Center, that is in Cardiff Bay, which is uh, if you remember uh, in Boomtown mm-hmm. where the Tardis lands, that's Cardiff Bay. So well, that's where the rift is, and that's why, and that's where um, Torchwood, the, the series, the upcoming series, is going to be located. Indeed. So it's that is awesome. I'd love to go, uh, but uh, sadly, I'm going to be in the states. Curses. <laughs> so anyway, um, we keep on saying how cinematic Doctor Who has become, and you know, we we discussed this. Um, um, in Pachak 44 with The Impossible Planet and The Satan Pit and um, we've said it in the past with Rise of the Cyber but we also said it with The Empty Child and Parting of the Ways so it's only fitting that Doctor Who is uh, being shown on the big screen and um, so it's it's interesting nonetheless if anyone has seen it and has a different experience watching it on the big screen compared to their, you know, television, let us know. Also, it would be awesome if, if people got into Doctor Who, who, you know, by going to the cinema, looking what's on, and deciding, hey, well, look, there's Doctor Who there. That's interesting. Why don't we go and see that? And, that, yeah, that would be really cool if somebody got into it that way. 
Yes. Okay, well, that killed the conversation, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have, we, we have to assume that everyone probably knows. Well, they could be visitors in Cardiff, um, tourists. Yeah, but, you know, just people who perhaps are busy on a Saturday evening or whatever, and don't, or don't, people who don't watch telly and just prefer to, to, to go to the cinema. Because uh, I know people like that. Lots. Of, I, um, this is um. This new segment is going to be very much uh, in a theme of tourism because um, we just spoke about James um, touring the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who is touring the big screen. Doctor Who is also um, going to be in Japan. Is turning Japanese. Indeed. Turning Japanese, turning Japanese, I really think so. So, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I do like how Ken's taking a back seat to this and listening I, on this, know, this interesting social experiment. It's like driving by a car accident. Uh, you can't help but look away. I mean, you can't you can't help but but not look. And that's what it is. I'm I'm watching I'm watching the like, the accident unfold. <laughs> Maybe that's why we've got so many subscribers. They like to just tune in and watch once us they start listening. And they see can't... the social experiment unfold. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to the Doctor Who news section on the official site, the series has been sold to BS2, which is a whole lot of BS. It's BS2, one of three cable and satellite services run by NHK, Japan's public broadcaster. Series 1 will go out in autumn 2006, and Series 2 going out on the same channel next year. Awesome. So um, maybe we'll have some... English uh, speaking, or at least, you know, those that cannot comprehend English, um, if you want to say that we speak English or not. But in Japan, we'll have some new Japanese listeners, perhaps. Rock on. Always, always great. To, maybe we have, I don't know, have we looked at the Frapper map? Does anybody live in Japan that we know? Yeah, speaking I know we've got people in, in Korea. And speaking of the Frapper map, we've um, passed 600. The last time I checked, we were like at 618 people on the Frapper map. So, um, and we're on the cusp of hitting the millionth uh, hit on the Gallifrey Embassy website. And the year anniversary is July 13th. So, uh, about a million hits a year at that rate, which is really extraordinary. It's, it's exceeded yeah. any of our expectations. Well, going back, continuing with the theme of traveling, uh, the Daleks are traveling. Um, they're um, in town for a BBC road show in Pembrokeshire. <laughs> yeah, Pem Pembrokeshire. Thank you. <laughs> um, they're going to be there uh, this Sunday. But uh, from what I understand, they're traveling. Um, the, the The program recently visited um, various um, other towns. Um, in in um, I guess they're. I'm not familiar with these towns. So, but I, I'm assuming they're all in Wales. Um, Denbry, Brute Town, in Cardiff. Aber, well, Aberdare, not not Aberdale, but um, anyway, uh, and that was uh, maybe in 2005 as well. If you have a chance, if you're in the snout of Wales, I don't know if I'm being insulting now or not. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the Welsh people are like, that's it, none of this pod shock anymore. <laughs> Please forgive me. <laughs> I know not with what I say. If you have a chance to be, 
to be there. James Owen will be there or um, will present the weather with Derek Brockaway with the Daleks. I, I'm just as lost as everyone else. I have no idea what's going on, but there'll be Daleks. There'll be people. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a fun time. Go along. <laughs> But uh, also, I'm sorry to... to Go ahead, please, please do. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to make mention that we just, we mentioned briefly that uh, Doctor Who is going to Japan. But again, on a worldwide theme, Doctor Who will also be going to Denmark and also to to Finland. So it's it's broken to Scandinavia. Cool. So uh, Finland has a formal date for the start of Series 1, which will be on the 10th of September. Um, it, at, at 8 o'clock, 8.05. And uh, in Denmark, it's been announced that uh, it's, it started on the 28th of uh, June. Mm-hmm. Strangely, at a, quite an odd time, quite late, 11 o'clock, on their main TV station, D, which I think is, is Denmark, right there. So um, that's pretty awesome. Uh, I think it's great that uh, it's, well, it's it's been all over the world but uh, not everywhere and it's getting out to other countries mm-hmm. and uh, you know I don't think that it's strange they've not had it in gym thought would have uh, they would have snapped it up uh, quite quickly but it's been all over the place which is great to see so awesome but where, where do you think would have snapped it up quite quickly you broke up there for a second oh uh, sorry uh, uh, Germany Germany I would have thought Germany yeah. would have had it because uh, France had it so anything the French have the, the Germans Want it would seem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Sorry, that was a very cruel joke. I'm sorry. I'm just being silly. Well, we we have our uh, our regular listener and contrib- and somewhat regular contributor Christian in, Ger- of in Germany, so he'll keep us um, in check. In check with. <laughs> thank you. Oh, and, and anchor as well, of course. I'm going to get a, a slap, I'm sure, for that comment. But I'm I'm only joking. I'm only joking. <laughs> Well, um, it seems that Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant are traveling all over the world um, under the banner Doctor Who. But uh, one place David Tennant won't be is on the net. And when I say the net, I'm not talking about a big big thing with rope and that you catch you know, fish with. I'm talking about the internet. Um, yeah, it's, I, I'm an off day today. <laughs> it's a very off day today for me. Anyway... Uh, it seems to be a no-brainer, but if you see anyone in the forums named David Tennant, um, you might want to take a second, you know, <laughs> a, a second to think about it, that it might not really be David Tennant. Really? <laughs> so if, <laughs> if you see David Tennant, you know, posting in forums, please don't be fooled. Um, according to uh, this little news snippet in the Doctor News section on the site, David Tennant is not... Uh, perousing internet chat rooms and, you know, and well, maybe he is, and this is just throwing you off the scent. But anyway, (laughs) he's not posting, so I don't know what is being said, and I haven't heard or seen any of this, so I can't really respond personally about it. Um, I know some years ago there, um, Colin Baker was, and I don't know if he was using his real name or not, and the same thing with Sylvester, when I last interviewed Sylvester McCoy, uh, this question was brought up, and, you know, he thought about it and said, you know, he would use like another name if he did do it. So I'm sure if David Tennant is out there, he's not going by the name David Tennant when he's posting on forums. Yeah. And I, I would have thought that our, our friends over at uh, Doctor Who Online would be uh, 
oh. would have snapped up David Tennant if anybody would have, because they've got mm-hmm. a whole host of of cast forums there, which they actually, you know, people yeah. like Colin Baker. And, and actually, Paul McGann has just joined. I was just, yeah. Uh, very recently. I, when you just said that, I just wanted to bring that up. That was one of the news stories that I completely um, almost forgot about that I wanted to make a mention in today's uh, podcast. That there you go. Stuff keep back. <laughs> <laughs> that. Uh, that Doctor Who Online is reporting, as you just said, Paul McGann, the Eighth Doctor, is joining their forums. Um, so th- they'll be he'll be taking part in a uh, what they call a ask and answer um, section or session or yeah, something. Yeah. In the coming weeks and months, so um, you know, be sure to visit and um, and I mean they've had you know in the past I don't know if they currently still do or not, but they had Colin Baker, Sophie Aldred. Deborah Watling, Eugene Washington, about um, Nabil Shaban who played Sill, um, Peter Miles who played uh, Nider, uh, Yi Jet So who played Chang Lee, John Levine, um, and um, John John Alder, uh, first assistant director of, of um, I think of the 2005 series, and author Craig Hinton, Paul Parsons, again another author. And Des Skin, uh, creator of Doctor Who Weekly, have all been um, on their forums. Yeah. So it's, it is, I mean, they've got so much going on over there. And uh, do check it out because it's, it's worthwhile joining, uh, definitely, because it's just a mammoth site. It's, uh, it's even bigger than the Gallifreyan Embassy because we've got all sorts going on there. Podshock.net at the moment. Mm-hmm. The forums have just exploded there. Yeah, um, but even more so at uh, Lots Doctor of sh- Who Online. It, Lots of shrapnel. Now. <laughs> All right. Oh. All righty. So I um, <laughs> digital shrapnel. Yeah. I think that might 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 do it for news. Did we have any other news that we wanted to report? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Ken, have you got anything, mate? No, sir. I do not. That's why I've been so damn quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that might have something to do with it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a first time for everything, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no rants, really, this week. That's uh, the, the, it's, the podcast is not over yet. <laughs> yeah, very, very true. Very true. So I guess we'll be right back with uh, Doctor Who Podshock. You're listening to Doctor Who Podshock. This is Colin Baker. Here we go. Let's have a look. Get out of here. What's it say? It is. It's graphite. Basically the same material as an HP pencil. I was attacked by a pencil scribble. A scribble creature brought into being with ionic energy. Whatever we're dealing with, it can create things as well as take them, but... Why make a scribble creature? Maybe it was a mistake. I mean, you scribble over something when you want to get rid of it, like a, um, like a drawing, like a, a child's drawing. You said it was in the street? Probably. The girl? Of course! What girl? Something about her gave me the creeps. Even her own mum looks scared of her. Are you deducting? 
I think I am. Copper's hunch. Permission to follow up, Sarge. Okay, we're back with uh, Doctor Who Podshock. It's the features segment, and uh, we're going to get try and get a couple of reviews done this week uh, because we are nearing the end of uh, series two of Doctor Who. So, uh, of course, we're going to carry on with our fantastic reviews of, of the series in general and indeed specific episodes. Uh, so, I just want to say from the offshoot, of course, that there will be some slight spoilers but we will try to keep it as spoiler-free as possible for those of you out there who perhaps haven't seen the second series uh, yet. So we're going to be reviewing this week Fear Hair, and hopefully time permitting, The the Army of Ghosts, Mm -hmm. which was, of course, the last episode, the penultimate episode. uh, When I mean last, I mean the last episode that has aired here in the UK. Um... And I'm a bit annoyed, actually, because I'm, I'm probably not going to go and see Doomsday. Uh, I'll have to wait uh, a few weeks to see it when I come back to the UK. Uh, but my mum and dad are recording it. But, but yeah, but certainly, um, I, I, we've just kind of meant, mentioning off-air that we, we, the reason why we're fitting it in two episodes is that we, we really have a great deal to say about uh, her. Um, because it, it, to me, I don't know about, about you guys, but the thing that struck me about Fear Her was that it seemed to just go so quickly. It seems like uh, uh, not. It didn't seem like forty-five minutes to me. It seemed like sort of fifty. Blink's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, and I can't finger on why that is, but it did seem to go very quickly. Well, the episode moved at a at a um, a pretty fast pace. It, I know that as an example, uh, Lewis didn't think very highly of the of the episode, but at the same time, it did move pretty quickly, uh, and that's a, that was a positive. I think that the the pacing of the overall story moved pretty well. You may he, I think he may have he may have not have liked the content or or the story or, or that matter the lack of content and. Um, but the story did move very quickly. It got in, it got out, it did what it had to do. But I think in the case with Fear Her as well as Love and Monsters, these were two stories that were sandwiched between two massive episodes, the two-parter mm-hmm. in um, Impossible Planet Satan Pit, which we've already discussed in past reviews, were very theatrical uh, and mm-hmm. cost a lot of money. And apparently, after seeing Army of Ghosts and, and imagining that Doomsday is going to be this grand finale, uh, the amount of money that they're spending on the f- two-part finale, they had to squeeze in a couple things to sort of pinch some pennies, so to speak. Well, it's, it's not and, the penny-pinching um, that it's the that, that brings these two stories down. It's I mean, they could easily have done, using the same budget, just done better. Better, better stories and it, and you know it's just I just have to say after seeing uh, Army of Ghosts I'm just so glad that Doctor Who has returned after a two week sabbatical. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, so. it's very refreshing. Yeah, well, fear her. It's th- okay. We're stuck on Earth once again. Um, it's Scooby Who. <laughs> it's it, it, it's it just continues the same science that we left off with. I mean, I complained with Love and Monsters that uh, Doctor Who is turned into a cartoon, and now with Fear Her, he's literally turned into a cartoon. And um, mm. it, it's if this is what you want in Doctor Who, 
fine, you can have it. It's it's not what I um, expect from Doctor Who. And uh, um, they were, that's all I have to say. I mean, he, they were attacked by a scribble. Indeed, it, it was a bit daft, but... They were attacked again, by a scribble. <laughs> Hello? Anyone home? Hello? They... <laughs> I, I, I get I get your point. <laughs> they mate, were but... attacked by a scribble. <laughs> All right. But I, I think I think this was this was essentially like Love and Monsters, another episode for the kids. Well, um, uh, they don't have to be is... insulting for the. I mean, doctors shouldn't be. They shouldn't have to talk down to children, and and they still could do a, an episode that's family oriented and 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 lighthearted, and, and not be you know, insulting one's intelligence. Okay. I still think that they have to be everything to everyone, and occasionally uh, they do these kind of things. They go off on these little tangents. I I think that um, that Fear Her was much better than Love and Monsters. Oh. Um, Love and Monsters... Not by much, but yes. But at least the doctor... There was no talking slabs. The there were no, there, no people were turning to a, a, a slab <laughs> of, of concrete. We'll give, her the, we'll give her that much. Well, you know, again, I think Love and Monsters, I, I mentioned this in last week's review, Love and Monsters shouldn't be called Love and Monsters. It should be called Love and Hate because it seems people either really love... Uh, Love and Monsters already hate it, and I think that, to a lesser extent, will be true of Fear Her. I mean, it's Fear Her is very much like Boomtown, in that it's, as Ken has said, it's sandwiched between two fantastic storylines, really big budget, but, and some people don't like that, and some people don't like that it's a change of pace and it's different. Um... And I, I personally didn't think it was that bad. I, I personally thought that Fear Hair was worse than Love and Monsters, but that's just my view. Um, because, again, I, I thought Love and Monsters was more interesting as an idea than, uh, than Fear Hair. But I think Fear Hair was sort of for the kids in the sense that, you know, ooh, maybe my drawings really could come to life sort of thing. Yeah. But again, you, as you say... It, it, Lewis, they're attacked by a scribble. <laughs> I mean, it would have worked, you know, well in a Twilight Zone episode or... I mean, actually, it was a Twilight Zone episode when Billy Mummy played the part and was wishing people away. And, I mean, in that context, in an anthology series, uh, it, it could work from Tales from the Crypt or all these other rip-off shows from the Twilight Zone. Yeah, The Outer Limits or yeah, something like that. Yeah, and it's, it's... I just really... I mean, I don't really have much to say about it because I've already spoken at great length last week when I did my review yeah. of uh, Love and Monsters that I, I expect more than cartoon science and, um, you know, and the series turning into a cartoon and, um, you know, because we already had the Candyman and flying buses in space and I wanted, you know, I, I thought we had put that behind us. But, yeah, obviously not. Well, I agree and I think that we are repeating ourselves so I think we should just go ahead Well, I, I don't know if uh, Ken has anything more to say about it. No, I, I, um, it was a pretty average episode. Yeah. And I, you know, it wasn't, I know Lewis really took Love and Monsters and Fear Heart, uh, to, to heart, heart that he felt that it wasn't Doctor Who. I didn't have the same strong reaction. I, do I find myself watching these episodes, 
again and again? No, no, absolutely not. Um, the way I have one Doctor Who is at its greatest. And this season has been more highs and lows than we had in the first series. In the first series, it was almost like... And I, uh, Omega, who Joe, who you had on the show last week in, in my stead, um, he and I were talking about this this week, as a matter of fact, and, and I was mentioning to him that all these writers contributed stories when they heard Doctor Who was coming back, and they took the best scripts and made that series one. Mm. And then they took the second best scripts and made them series two. And in some cases, in certain writers' cases, um, you know, guys like, like um, Stephen Moffat, who's an excellent writer, we got lucky and all his scripts have been at a, at a high standard. Then there's guys um, who, you know, either new writers who didn't get a chance to break in on the first series, or even in Russell T. Davies' case, who is an incredible writer, but is writing an enormous amount of content for the series. He needed, again, a, a chance to fill in a few little areas. He, he put in some things. I'm sure most writers getting their chance to be on the show are pitching their their best stuff. They're, they're going in and they're saying, I've got this grand idea and not, the budget doesn't allow for every story to be these epics. Well, it doesn't have to be an epic mm. and it doesn't, you keep going back to the budget. It doesn't, it's a good storytelling. If you go back to the original Doctor Who stories, it, budget, you know, isn't a criteria for good storytelling and, and, and good characters and, and enjoyable well, episodes. I, I agree, and 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 again, going to the Stephen Moss, not Stephen Moffat case with a girl in the fireplace. That wasn't an overly expensive episode. Um, you know, there, there was. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm not that I'm privy to Doctor Who's books, but in comparison to Impossible Planet and Satan Pit, where it's it's very obvious that they spent a lot of money. Um, but so I I do agree with you. I do agree that budget has nothing to do with creativity. What I am saying is if you're a fledgling writer or even an established writer and you're getting your shot to be on Doctor Who, your, chances are your first inclination is to give them that thing that you've been dying to tell in Doctor Who. Uh, and, and perhaps that's why Russell T. Davies has to take it upon himself to write a love in Monsters to fill in that gap in order to balance things off. But I think... I think that's why we're seeing this season being a little more sporadic. And I think it's also a sign of things to come. I think in Series 3, we're <clears> going to continue to see the pattern be the same way. Some episodes are going to be absolutely spectacular, and some episodes may be a little more risk-taking. Well, yeah, but also when I think back to the first series and I think back to the quality of the writing, um, I think there have been... I agree it's been sort of very bipolar for the second series, but if you look back at the number of fantastic episodes as a whole, I think Series 2 beats Series 1. Series 1 had a few good episodes, but on the whole, most of them were very good, whereas this one has had some absolutely terrific episodes and some, you know, dodgy episodes which perhaps might irritate some fans, and that well, hasn't th that's particularly it, th bothered me. There was more consistency in Series 1. This yes, one is either definitely. very high or, or, or in, by opinion, very low. And yes, when I say very yeah. low, it, it, we, when we say very low, it's, it's within a certain parameter. It's low for yeah. what we've come to expect 
with yes, Russell T Davies. Uh, yeah, not it's not that it's bad. It's just that it's we've we set in the, comparison they, they set to the some, bar so high. In comparison to some of the errors that have been in Doctor Who in the past, the worst David Tennant is still stronger than some of the best that and I'm going to use this <laughs> you guys use your own imagination. The the some of the Lesser errors of Doctor Who. It's still better than <laughs> certain times. Yes. Uh, I yes, don't want to call anybody out about. because I can go into a whole thing about that. But, but I, I, I still think if you look at an episode like Fear Her and you compare that, let's say, to, um, to a story like Time in the Ranny, you know, I just, to me, I'd rather watch David Tennant and, and watch fear her and watch Rose and I want to watch the Russell T. Davy Penn's, you know, Penn story. Mm. Mm. But that's, that's pretty much it as far as I, I don't, I think we've wasted way yeah, too I, much I don't time think, on these two episodes. I don't think Russell T. did fear her. Um, he did obviously love and monsters, but you know, he did love and monsters. That's him. Yep. Yeah. But we, I think we, we're almost reviewing these two as they are their own. Like Almost like they're the a, like a two-parter. Well, it seems yeah. pretty much like that for me. Hopefully, an apparition. All right, but anyway, I'm going to go ahead and rate it, and I'm go going ahead. to give Fear Her three out of five Tardis Crones. It was okay. It was an average episode. There wasn't anything special about it, and I don't think that's really indicative of the writing. I just think that the concept for me, I agree with Lewis. The concept for me was a bit too outlandish, even for Doctor Who. Uh, I'm and that kind of it, maybe contradicts what I said last week, but hey. <laughs> I'm going to give it three and a half, and I, 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 I also found it unremarkable, but I, I did enjoy a few moments in it. I, I, I like the idea that the doctor lit the torch in the Olympics. I know that London it really got very excited to be granted the... And of course that would the, happen the with the security measures. This is the one-year anniversary of the bombings of the buses in, in um, London, and... Here we have a strange guy in a trench coat grabbing the torch, and, <laughs> and, no, and no one seems to mind at all. Well, I disagree with you there, Lou, and I'll tell you why. Um, here we are five years out from 9-11, and we're back to normal here in New York. No, it's an election um, year. It's, where they, <laughs> it's not back to normal. They're finding... Um, <laughs> I'm not going to go. I'm not going to get all political now. So I'm just going to avoid that. <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll see the 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 color coded charts and alerts um, as November comes closer here in the U.S. <laughs> but but anyway, um, I, not that that should matter because um, if if you're expecting if you're expecting logic. <laughs> they were attacked by a scribble. <laughs> I mean, if you can't, so if that's the worst of it, then um, you know the torch thing and all. Well, that. Lewis, let me ask you this on on love on not love and much on fear her. Was there anything about it that you did like that you took away from me? Say the well, trailer this, for this... for Ghost for Army of Ghosts. <laughs> that's what <laughs> I watched that a few times. Um... <laughs> A high-scoring no, episode. It, it, to me, though, it is a serious question, though. Was there something that you took took away from it that you thought was a strong point? Um, because I know no. you really mm -hmm. dislike these two episodes, no. and and, I'm, uh, and my only question to you is: Was there something you took away from it that that you thought was good? Nothing comes to mind. Nothing that's that that jumps out now. 
So, okay. <laughs> all right, let's let's I, shut down in flames. I I I'm actually I'm I'm a bit undecided on what rating I should give it. Um, I'm really want to give it um one and a half. I could be generous and give it two, but um I I I sort of like it's in between one and a half and two. <laughs> Todd has grown, so... Um. <laughs> 1.75. <There we> <laughs> and, um, and I did find myself watching the clock once again. You know, maybe not as bad as Love and Monsters, and I wasn't groaning as much, but it was still... Um, I, I, I was kind of happy to see it when it was over. Fair, fair enough. I, I think there'll be a lot of fans out there who agree with you, Lewis, and... Uh... I think that these will be seen sort of the as the rose and boom town of the second series in that they're really not up to par with everything else. But hey, but a lot, a lot of people more... enjoyed them. I mean, a lot there were a lot. I mean, if you look at our, um, you know, in our forums or look at the polls on our, I mean, it's, uh, again, you know, there, there are a lot of people that really did love love and monsters and. Um, as you said, James, it's, it was sort of like either one extreme or the other with, with reactions. Um, so it's, um, you know, it's, it's all interesting. And also, mm. just a comment, and I kind of touched upon this last week, and I don't want anyone to feel, oh, well, just because um, one of the hosts or whatever doesn't like this episode, that means you can't voice your opinion if you feel the opposite, you know. So we encourage everyone to um, express their opinions and voice their, uh, either be it pro or con about any particular episode and don't let, you know, um, don't feel intimidated by what we may have to say about it. So, um, you know, many times we, I, I can learn something or see something that maybe I hadn't seen before from someone else's um review and perspective well, well that's it I, i'd be curious to see if someone who does like it i'd like to hear them defend the episode you know and then that's and that's one of the reasons i asked you if if there was something that you took away that you thought thought was at least well, strong what, what i what i did kind of like about fear her and after thinking about it for some time while i'm sitting here talking about it is um i i did like the fact that the actual creature that was uh taken over the, the young girl was in a different scale, you know, it's not not all aliens have to be big. And it, it, what's that? Uh, Cat's poor. That Star Trek episode. Going, mm -hmm, at mm -hmm. the well, I'm going to give it away. But the end, you see the true size of the aliens, and not everything has to, you know, not everyone, not all aliens have to be on the same level or or scale as humans. And a um, little so a little I, touch I, of hitchhikers as well. Yeah. with the entire fleet being swallowed by a dog. Exactly. You know, it's so, just. It, 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 I appreciate that kind of imagination as well. Um, mm, mm. All right, so there was something you liked about it. Yeah, I had to think about it a while. <laughs> I only saw it once. Both this and Love and Monsters I, I, are the only two episodes since you know that I've reviewed here that I've only could bear to watch once for you know before doing the review. I have to. There's more time that has to pass before I can take bring myself to watch them again. But so um, mm -hmm. you know, maybe on a second viewing, I might feel a little bit better or different. Yeah, I, I think I think um, in both cases you may want to re-review it. Well, in a couple of years, when I have the courage to watch uh -huh. them again, I'll <laughs> I'll revise okay. you on my on my updated reviews. All right, fair enough. <laughs> so right, let's get we... back to real Doctor Who now. <laughs> army yes, of ghosts. Yes, indeed, army of ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, son! 
the advantage of surprise. Still, cuts to the chase. Stay in here, look after Jackie. I'm not looking after my mum. Well, you brought her. I was kidnapped. Doctor, they've got guns. And I haven't, which makes me the better person, don't you think? They can shoot me dead, but the moral high ground is mine. Hold that! Oh, very good. Superb. Happy day. Um, thanks. Nice to meet you. I'm the doctor. Oh, I should say. Hooray! You, you've heard of me, then? Well, of course we have. And I have to say, if it wasn't for you, none of us would be here. The doctor and the TARDIS. I... And, and, and you are? Oh, plenty of time for that. But according to the records, you're not one for travelling alone. The Doctor and his companion. That's a pattern, isn't it right? There's no point hiding anything. Not from us. So where is she? Yes, sorry. Good point. She's just a bit shy, that's all. But here she is, Rose Tyler. Mm. She's not the best I've ever had. A bit too blonde. Not too steady on her pins, a lot of that. And just last week, she stared into the heart of the time vortex and aged 57 years. But she'll do. I'm 40. Deluded. Bless. I'll have to trade her in. Do you need anyone? She's very good at tea. Well, I say very good. I mean not bad. Well, I say not bad. Anyway, lead on. Allons-y. But not too fast. Her ankle's going. I'll show you where my ankle's going. Really, well, really first off, good episode. I really Graham Harper's this. back as the director. At the helm, a classic Doctor mm. Who director who um... uh, and and a great director. Uh, although, I think he he definitely tries to cram a lot of things into a single episode. Uh, again, not a bad thing. I just think that he really, really tries to find he every frame of every episode has some kind of content of significance in his episodes. Um. And it sometimes requires multiple viewings. It was on my second viewing of the episode that I noticed that the girl in Torchwood went from having one earpiece to two earpieces. And that was sort of the giveaway. Yeah. Oh, you didn't notice that? Oh, not on the first time, no. But then again, it was three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> ah, that, yeah, that might have something to do with it. <laughs> but I, know, I appreciate what you're saying. There are things, I mean, after watching The Satan Pit and... Uh, uh, the Impossible Planet again, because I believe that he directed those two as well. You do notice no, no, no. J- James no, James Strong I think, directed those. Oh, okay. oh, did he? Yeah. yeah. Oh no, I'm he thinking, did Rise I'm sorry, of Cybermen. I'm of, that's Rise right. I'm sorry. I beg Steel. your pardon. Yeah. I got. I knew it was a two-parter a partner. I mm-hmm. did get mixed up. I do. I do beg your pardon. But yeah, my point is still very valid. You do notice little things that you didn't before. Uh, when you rewatch it, 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 I agree with Ken. Is his stuff is very jam packed, and um, you know, I think that I don't think that takes anything away from the episode. I think that kind of it's just layers. It, but... It's just um, of, of material. Yeah, but it, I find that quite refreshing because I, I'd like to watch things more than once if I enjoy it, and uh, you know, it, it makes I appreciate it if 
on the second viewing I spot something different because it ma it makes me want to watch it even again and notice things perhaps on the third viewing that I didn't notice on the second and so on. So, well, this is definitely an episode where um, nothing is being held back. Uh, you have the Doctor and Rose, and then you have um, Rose's mom, and then Mickey shows up, and then Torchwood is there, and then you have the Cybermen, and then you have the Daleks, and it's like, I, really, maybe Canine and Sarah Jane will make an appearance. I mean, what what are we holding back in this one? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Uh, then, then in the preview for next week, we see Rose's dad steps into the limelight. Um, and we still haven't seen Captain Jack yet. And no, I'm you won't. Curious you probably to see, won't. Uh, you're thinking that he's not going to be in the next one. I don't think so. I think we're going to be seeing him in the in the Torchwood series, and that's that's again that's a different Torchwood than what we're seeing yeah. here. Different, different city, different mm -hmm. feel to it. But I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Captain Jack, and I'll tell you why. Because we'd all heard the rumor that it was going to be a war, the, basically the Daleks v. the Cybermen. And before seeing the episode, I would have said that that's a load of rubbish. Um, just because I'd heard... Russell T. Davies say the Daleks won't be appearing in series two. We'd seen the Daleks allegedly killed off by Rose, but of course these could be Daleks from a parallel dimension. We don't know. But there was there was so many things stacked up against the fact that there were, the Daleks wouldn't reappear. Um, but I and I wouldn't be surprised if they brought Captain Jack back in there. It would be an, it would be a great way oh, yeah. to kind of mm -hmm. introduce Torchwood. Um, well, just BBC, to have him back, just to have him back, and the BBC, of course, would want to keep that no, kind and of, of course, a secret. Oh, very much. He's supposed to be back next year in series three, but you know, as as we just said, you know, they also there was also the press release that Billy Piper was going to be in series three as well. So yeah, although it would make an interesting well. if Rose does leave after Doomsday, it would make for an interesting conversation how the Doctor, A, has to explain his regeneration to Captain Jack, and B, explain what happened to Rose. Yeah, so that that's another thing. That's another thing that makes me think that, that they will have Captain Jack in the next episode, because Rose will be there, and he, as you say, he won't recognize the Doctor, because he's yeah. different, he's changed. Hmm. Well, we in the trailer for last week, it did give a hint that the Daleks would be back. We didn't know if it was going to be Daleks or the Daleks technology, since we saw in the trailer the Dalek death ray. Um, that effect was was seen in the in the trailer. So um, we had a clue, but we weren't too sure. And there was also another hint that the Daleks might be returning, uh, because I believe they had a couple Daleks on Blue Peter, and one of them was that the Black Dalek. Ah, so we knew that, that they, you know, the production team made a black dialogue that hasn't been seen in the series yet. So that was like a another tip of the hat. Minor spoiler, yeah. So yeah, you see, I didn't even notice the. Um, by the way, the Dalek your, death ray thing. Your warning about this, <laughs> mostly spoiler free, is out the window now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Never mind. No holes barred. If you've not seen this, you know. But I, I think that 
that the trailers online must be different from the trailers that they view at the end. I, the I haven't seen the ones on. Are you talking about the Tardisodes or? No, I'm t- I'm talking about the actual, you know, the coming soon trailers. Okay. They're the same, but slightly different. It would seem. All right, because I haven't have seen the ones online. I've just seen the ones that are attached. Yeah. To the episodes. Well, I've I've seen the ones that are attached to the end of the episodes, but I don't record it and I don't mm-hmm. see it by other means. So. I can't really watch it, so I just view. If I want to see a trailer again, I'll go online and, and check it out on the BBC website. But I can't spot this Dalek death ray, so I don't know whether the, you the didn't trailers see are it, different. You heard it? No, you well, you saw you saw the disintegration of the and the bones and all that. You, oh, in in the trailer. You see, I didn't. I don't know whether it's me just being deaf, but I I can't recall it. Um, yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, James, I don't recall the the actual ray, but I do remember. I noticed the sound effect. And I think it was because I was I was watching it and and doing something else on the, on the second viewing of Fear Her. And actually, right. the trailer revealed a, a, lots of stuff in that trailer, which was kind of surprising. You know, a lot of the scenes were not even from Army of Ghosts, but uh, what we can assume will be seen in Doomsday because uh, they weren't in this particular episode and. Certain and again, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Certain rele- revelations about characters returning were mm. actually seen in the trailer, albeit very briefly. You could catch Mickey and Peter Tyler and Mickey's partner. See, I didn't even notice that in in the trailer for the Army of Guests. I know Pete Tyler wasn't there, but I didn't notice uh, Mickey. Um, but there are all sorts of theories floating around now about this, especially on our forums. And I, I love everybody who said. Uh, Oh look, James, Mickey's back because everybody knows. <laughs> Sorry, James, Mickey's back. <laughs> everybody knows how how much I loved Mickey, and I have See, to say, I never took him as being gone. I knew he was coming back. I'm like, there's no way he's leaving. There's I, no I, way I he's thought, leaving. I, I know. I I thought he would be coming back as well, but I have to say that I actually like Mickey in the Army of Ghosts. Because it's a new improved Mickey. He's more, we, we were saying off off the air, he's more Ricky than Mickey. Mm-hmm. He's no longer yeah. Mickey the idiot. He's he's moved on and he kicks ass. Clearly he's well up for it. Uh, and he's his not this... entrance in the episode is absolutely perfect. Oh, oh yes, yeah. just a wink. Perfect. And as soon as I saw him, I thought, oh, that's Mickey. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's almost like I'm a five-year-old child, yep. you know. It was awesome. It was very, his entrance was very, very well done and very clever, and that's why I liked it because he's no longer this annoying, idiotic fool who you just want to slap and tell him to go away. What's um, What's amazing is that you are going to finally have this all-out battle between the Daleks and the Cybermen, the thing that Doctor Who fans have wondered about for over forty years, and here we go. You know, here we go. This is This is going to be it. And place like your said, bets. Place your bets. Yep. Place your bets. <laughs> I, I wonder if it's going to be like Godzilla versus King Kong, where there's two different endings, you know? Yeah, so, Cybermen fans get to watch. Yeah, so there was, I don't know if it was on our... Choose your winner. I, I don't know if it was in our forums. Someone made a reference to that as well, saying, um, I haven't been this excited since Godzilla versus King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> or King Kong versus Godzilla, I think is the proper episode, uh, movie title. <laughs> and, and another thing which surprised me about this episode, just thinking about it, that, that me and Lewis were talking about off air, was the brief uh, sort of entrance by people like Derek Akora and Trisha. Mm-hmm. I loved that. That was handled very, yeah. very well. I was worried that he was going to spend like 
you know, a good half of the episode or a full episode, you'd see Derek Akora wandering around with the Doctor. <laughs> I'm so pleased it was a cameo. Yeah. I'm so pleased that we didn't have to uh, witness that daft Scouse bloke wandering around the dark house in green, like on, I believe, on Ghost Hunters, as you've been saying in the past. We know how much Ken is fond of that show. But <laughs> I, I just loved it. It was very funny. You know, he comes back and says, they don't need me anymore. Very clever, very good. Yeah, I, and, I was uh, surprised too because there was so much that was made of it at the time. You know, back early on, when we, you know, uh, we had reported on it back. I can't remember, but I guess earlier this year, and um, you know, it just turns out to be a very quick cameo. I mean, if you blink, you would have missed them. I know it, it's almost like when they report on these things, they make it seem like they they spend ages filming it, and I really can't see how it. You know, they would have spent. Derek Accordi is joining the TARDIS crew, and <laughs> oh god, you don't know how bad that would be, Lewis. Honestly, <laughs> the, people in the, the new UK companion taking Rose's oh, place. No. <laughs> as bad as Mickey is, that would just be the icing on the cake. That would that that that's enough to drive anyone mad. Well, speaking of companions, we had um um. Jackie sort of officially become a companion, though, though it's only one episode. She traveled in the TARDIS, and, um, <laughs> and when, when the doctor was asked for his companion, he pulled out Jackie. I thought that was great fun. Yeah. Absolutely great mm, fun. Mm. And really just, uh, you know, just having a great time. I, and I, I rewatched the scene several times to see if he purposely pulled Jackie or he just reached in and happened to get Jackie and just said Rose, you know, thinking that he had, you know, Rose is who we would grab. And I, it kind of leaves it open ended that he just reached in and just said Rose. Mm -hmm. Didn't know that he was pulling out Jackie, just <laughs> pulled someone out. I know, but I, I think he did. I think he did want to pull out Jackie because he knows that Rose knows the TARDIS and he knows mm -hmm. that Rose would be able to sneak around and find out information. Whereas I don't think Jackie would be able to do that. I'm going to be curious so. to see if the doctor recovers his psychic paper because it was confiscated. I'm sure he will do. It's, you know, if not, I'm sure he'll be able to buy another one or whatever. Or get <laughs> what do you buy that? It's the whole. It's the, the whole. Uh, it's the whole phone thing, is as well, isn't it? The whole. The, well, Rose yeah. gave her phone to Mickey. That yeah. sort of thing, you know. The um the scene where Rose and the Doctor return to see Jackie and and Jackie kisses the Doctor and he just has this grimace on his face like. Oh, like he had just been, you know, kissed by a, a an ant or something. And you know, like once again, just like, oh, Murray Gold with like, the song for ten theme playing at song that for time. ten being back in. Great stuff, great stuff. Not well, the the music, of course, not not the full vocal. Yeah, and yeah. Christmas I have story. to say that I was actually interviewing Murray Gold when he was just finishing off the score for this episode. So I'm really dying to hear this interview. By the way. It, he's he's such a nice bloke. It was like talking to one of you guys, you know. I have was... like four thousand questions for the man, James. <laughs> I know, and I I tried to ask him so much, but uh, we it was just he's such a lovely chap, and you know he he really it really did feel like I was talking to a good mate. He mm -hmm. was a really nice guy, and well, hopefully uh, we'll have him back on, and whatever questions that that you know weren't addressed, we'll you know have a go at him with it. Definitely. And, uh, Thanks, he... Lou. <laughs> You're quite welcome. <laughs> I was telling but... James and Lewis off the air that I've been using uh, I'll Have a Go and a few other Britishisms. 
<laughs> More uh, on that later. <laughs> snogging, yes. having a go. What was the other one? Taking the Mickey out of someone, I believe. Yeah, we'll get onto that towards the end. Segment for another time, but so um, we said. Uh, now again, we haven't seen the last part of this. We haven't seen no. Doomsday yet. So, but unlike the um, the rise of the Cybermen, I thought that this part one jumped into the action much quicker. Yeah. I mean, really, uh, the Cybermen were not held off to the last minute. They were right in it. You know, within minutes of being into well, the also another difference between this and Rise of the Cybermen is that in Rise of the Cybermen, the Cybermen were more or less henchmen to Lumic, and mm. here there seemed to be their own. And we even had a you know a cyber leader, if you will, with the black um, bars, the black pipe mm-hmm. um, on the you know on the helmet area, and mm-hmm. um, and also we have cyber guns that wasn't electrical shock, you know weapons yeah you know, so they didn't have to reach and touch you they could shoot from a distance well going back to the cybermen always evolving here yeah. they are evolving already but know, this was kind of this was kind of previewed and i'm going to show how really sad that i am now and i apologize <laughs> ladies and gentlemen but in the opening sequence mm-hmm. to um totally doctor who the Cybermen have exactly the same gun, which obviously comes out from their forearm, and they fire at the Doctor within the title sequence. So it's nice that they had that continuity there, that that was kind of a hint. Is, is that, the, oh, is that always coming. in the opening sequence in Totally Doctor Who? I've never seen I, it. I believe so. I believe so. That the, the actual, if you've never seen it, it is still online. If you go to the BBC website, uh, was that, you uh, look in the news archives... Was that a one-off uh, thing, or is that a series, Totally Doctor Who? No, it was a series on... I don't know if it's finished yet, because it's it's a children's TV show. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's on at, like... I think it's on on Thursdays at something like 5 o'clock. So it's it's usually while I'm out and about mm, at uni or, at the or pub. busy. Yeah, so I've never actually <laughs> managed to, to see it. But I believe it's still going, and I believe and that they have the same title sequence. But if you want to see what I'm talking about, go to the news archives on the BBC website and or you'll you'll find links to mm-hmm. totally doctor who on the website click it and watch it and you'll see what i mean you'll see what i mean i'll have to do that so i'm sorry to interrupt you can but go on continue please no the, and I had, sorry, James. I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, there. you were. Uh, I actually interrupted you. I think originally, Ken. Um, you were comparing. I think Rise of the Cybermen and um, oh, you know how how this was. They got more into the action right away here. Now, the flip side of this is I'm a little. If I had a, a negative to the story, it's that Torchwood is way too Men in Black for me. Mm. Um, right. Way too Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones. You know yeah. this whole. Mm. giant secret organization that deals with aliens and and uh and then i saw this giant orb thing they had going on and i'm like oh my god Santarans. it's stargate oh <laughs> <laughs> no i thought i thought okay we're gonna go through the stargate why now. stargate has a big orb well that's the stargate it's not an orb but it's like this it's thing a, they walk oh through, yeah that, that like portal this, thing they have this giant mystery thing in the center of a giant gotcha. empty room mm-hmm. and that everybody stares at and Everybody knows my feelings about Stargate, so right off the bat, I'm like, great, Stargate and Men in Black, two sci-fi classics. Mm. <laughs> uh, but I hope that Doctor Who does something that it's always done in its past, and that is take other people's stuff and make it better. Mm. So mm. Uh, I'm hoping for that on, on this 
on this end of it. And, and so that those were two things that concerned me a little. I will say that there's a little tiny uh, a homage, and I, uh, it wasn't seen in the episode, but it was in the confidential. They showed some of the various props around Torchwood, uh, some various alien artifacts that were in the Raiders of the Lost Ark-looking warehouse mm-hmm. effect that they had with the spaceship. And one of them was this sort of tree thing, and it, and yeah. it mm-hmm. reminded me of Day of the Triffids. So mm-hmm. apparently a Triffid may be included in their artifacts. Uh, and I suck, suck. But that would be kind of cool, because it would be kind of like a... Tying uh, in well, the as you say, British... A homage, a... Yeah, time to classic British sci-fi. Uh, Caroline just kind Ford of, being in there. <laughs> but also just kind of a um, a tribute almost to the, the Day of the Triffids and all that sort of stuff. Well, so. if you know, Russell T. Davies, Lewis, myself, we're all roughly about the same age. And I do when I say roughly, I mean that you know, obviously we're not teenagers. We're um, and and I remember watching Day of the Triffids in the states on the you know the Saturday afternoon movie or whatever, being maybe mm-hmm. five or six years old and having it scare the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. I watched it recently and I was like, "My God, this is utter crap!" But, um, but I remember, you know, when when you're that age, being like, "These tree-looking things are just relentless." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's funny looking back at stuff that scares the pants off you. And uh, realizing that actually it's quite rubbish. But there was also uh, I don't just on that same thing. There was an Egyptian artifact there that was that yes. Russell T Davies makes a mention. You know, in the commentary, uh, you know, something from Periods of Mars was um, in there as well. Yeah, the second second time this season too. If you think about it, with the uh, Gabriel you know, Wolf. Gabriel Wolf and and perhaps you know a touch of Sutek in uh, Impossible Planet. In- mm-hmm. Satan Pit, you know, so there's uh, a couple throwbacks there. But one of the things that I, I wanted to mention, um, I, I should have really done it when we were talking about companions, it was on my brain, but, uh, the, you know, we got into a whole other discussion. But um, we reported, I believe it was last week or possibly the week before, that the, the possibility that the new companion to mm. the Doctor yeah. could mm-hmm. be Freema. Agenmeyer or yeah. Agent Man or I'm Hot sorry, I don't know how to pronounce it. We reported on it. Yeah. So I, rem- I was thinking that too while watching this. Well, yeah. So we we see that she she dies in this episode. Well, we think uh, she dies. Well, then again, her uh, brainstem was ripped out. <laughs> you know. Well, well, I don't know. That it could be a clone or it could be you know anything. I suppose we don't know whether it's the you yeah, know. I suggested on the done. forum it could be the you know perhaps the alternate Earths. Um, version joins the doctor though that would be very unusual for russell t davies to do but um, or or the tabloids just plain old got it wrong like the different doctor who theme song <laughs> you're never gonna let that theme song Indeed, it's no i'm not gonna let it go because these turkeys have to be called out on this hmm. yeah because i think they're well, just they trying to right. well well i think it... <laughs> It's atypical, typical of the British press, especially papers like the Sun and the Mirror, who just report on absolute rubbish. Whatever sells papers. Who, hear, who yeah, who make lists between two random things and try to make a join between them, even though they're blatantly not true, uh, just to sell papers. And 
you know, that is expected, I guess, because they are tabloid papers and they can get away with it because they, uh, most of the paper is rubbish, to, mm -hmm. to be honest. It is, it's, I'm just saying that it's interesting, and I have to say that she was great in it. Oh, yeah. And I thought that yeah. she's, she's definitely very, very cute, I have to say, yeah. and would make a great <laughs> companion. Mm -hmm. So let's give well, our... Companions, um, female I, companions have to be cute, well, it's a rule. <laughs> well, speaking of companions, I, I do have a new theory, which I expressed in the forums uh, after seeing this episode about the, you know, the eminent departure of Rose. Uh, again, all spoilers are off here. Um, and this is just a, a, a theory. We ha I haven't obviously seen Doomsday yet, and I, I don't know. But, um, you know, it was uh, reported that she was going to die in battle. And, um, and this episode opens up with Rose talking about, you know... This is, you know, I, I I died on Earth, and this is my last story, and this is ha what happened, and all that. And um, but if she's dead, she's also telling a story, you know, and she's standing on a beach. It seems, you know, in this episode while she's telling the story. So, uh, and again, this is just my speculation and my theory is that she's not really dead, dead, but that this um, organization Torchwood, like you said, mm -hmm. sort of like Men in Black. Um, either she knows too much or to uh, to yeah. prevent um, um, evildoers from going after her. She's going to be relocated either in the she's alternate in the Earth. Protection yes, program. either she's going to be relocated on Earth or in the alternate Earth. Um, and she's going to, for all intents and purposes, they're going to write her off as dead um, so that now she's... Now, my question that really needs to be answered is, does the doctor think she's really dead or does the doctor know the truth? That's going to be the... Dramatically, that's going to be the question in next mm. week's episode. Well, Sean, Sean Hookster on the forums, uh, yes. that wonderful chap, mm -hmm. also has a similar yes. theory. Which I, I think which... is, you know, could be very valid as well. That's why I try to include mm. that. So, as... I'm sorry. Check it out on the Podshock forum, podshock.net, and also uh, speculate as much as you like. Well, it depends when this episode gets out. Hopefully it's we'll after... get out before Doomsday if we're lucky. <laughs> Hopefully, if we're lucky. But uh, there we are. Alrighty. So, um, anyone else had anything else to say? Um, you know about about the episode. Um, the little send up a Ghostbusters in it, and um, yeah, that was really funny because. Uh, which well, I, I just, can't remember. Why did she run in the TARDIS? She ran in the TARDIS for some reason. Um, which seemed all serious. So oh, well, because they all well ran into the TARDIS, and I think she followed. She was out there, and then I think she just, you know, figured, well, if the Doctor ran in the TARDIS... Oh, no, no, there was there was one thing. I think it was about that time, which made me really giggle, was uh, that they mentioned the MP for Leeds, which is uh -huh. my hometown, and they, they mentioned that they wanted to replace him with a ghost. That's Which I, I thought was really funny, um, and I, I wondered if you guys would have cottoned onto that. No, I, I, I did that, pick know, up on it, and, and actually, it's kind of amusing that in the United States we've had dead people win elections. Oh, so yes. you know, it, it's happened before. <laughs> it's true. There's also um, interesting that Russell T. Davies in the Confidential references the FBI and the CIA, mm -hmm. uh, explaining the. Unit's lack of knowledge of Torchwood. Uh, he used an American reference as opposed to a British reference, and that was a little a little bit puzzling to me. Why? You know, as opposed mm. to mentioning, you know, MI5, MI6, whatever you, the, the British um, organization is. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, that was interesting to me that he specifically, you know, 
reference the American. Well, I, I think after the events of September 11th, I think it became worldwide, you know, known that that the two agencies weren't talking, you know, that's true. weren't that's communicating true. with each other. Uh, the, mm. the other thing that was curious to me was that um, when they showed the ghosts around the world, they picked some very interesting places, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm not so American that I need to always see America, but I was puzzling that there were a few places like the States or like Canada that were left out. I should say North America. I was kind of surprised that I, I, I enjoyed the fact they went to Japan and India uh, and into France, but, but it, was, it was a little puzzling to me that I would have liked to have just seen a few offbeat places that are not... Mount Rushmore or something or... Even the even not even U.S. but like like Ottawa, like the capital in Ottawa. Just throw the Canadians a bone for God's sakes, you know. Uh, <laughs> pick a Keep few really different places. Um, you know, could have been at Carnival in in Brazil or something. Like really throw uh, throw it in a different direction. Yeah, not just I, not just the sort of uh, typical landmarks that you see all over the place. Something different. Yeah, yeah. And I did think by using um, the Taj Mahal, I thought that was a good example of it being different. I love the Japanese girls with the gir the ghost T-shirts. The T-shirts, uh, you know, yeah. Just uh, so many little commentaries on things. Um, having the, the, the head of Torchwood be a people person. I mean, that's, anybody <laughs> who works for a major company knows what that's all about. You know, I had yeah. to laugh. I'm like, good God. You know what I'm saying? Now, did we want to uh, talk about the trailer for Doomsday at all? Well, yeah. before we do, before we, we should do, give our... just say... Okay. Yes, go ahead. Give a spoiler warning, say... like, as if you haven't ruined everything already. Yeah, we sorry, we've ruined the entire episode. But I loved the whole imperial feel of this episode. Of uh, the British Empire? It kind of... Yeah, it, it echoed exactly what Taught, Queen uh, Victoria yeah. was talking about. And that's why I really lo love that. And I just love the quote from Jackie where she says, well, Britain hasn't got an empire. And then everyone's like, yeah. not yet. We have. And all this. It's, it's really funny. And, and but, Colin. But overall, Colin was, a, 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 a discussion or a, um, a play on imperialism in general. Because that's something mm. that we have here in America with, with American politics, there's a debate over, you know, the, the direction our country is going in now. Is it, is it in a, you know, in an imperial style where we're, we're mm -hmm. going where we're not supposed to be going? Mm -hmm. And it's the same kind of discussion, the same mm. kind of debate. Yeah. Mm. But I, they're, I, they're just... viewing artistically. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I liked it. It made sense. And, uh, it also, it, 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 it's nice that they had echoed back to their roots as an organization, even though they must, they must have been going for over a hundred years, uh, mm -hmm. like 130, yeah. 140 years. So I liked that and it made sense. And also it kind of, it tied back to when they were all like clapping the doctor outside the TARDIS. I thought that was funny too. But I just, I just wanted to say that I loved that. Mm -hmm. no, that was all I, I wanted to say. So I think Sorry. That, <laughs> I think they could have really just reinvented Unit. I, I don't. I think they went a little overall. My well, general it's... impression, as as excited as I am about Torchwood, I think 
that they, yeah, they, I mean, but, they reinvented the wheel. Well, I, I think that's happening all too often since the series has come back. And for some reason, I don't know if it stems to Russell T. Davies, but everything needs to be like reinvented. You know, the Cybermen, you know, we can't have our Cybermen. We have to have these alternate universe Cybermen. And, um, you know, even um, the Daleks to a certain extent have been reinvented. And everything seems to have to be reinvented. You know, the, the Gallifrey has been destroyed and everything, you know. that. that but... We we uh, sorry to interrupt. No, this. We right. don't know how it pans out. We we really don't. Uh, introducing the Cybermen as this alternate universe uh, could eventually, and I'm sure it will do, yield Cybermen from our own universe. Well, it'd be interesting to if if our Cybermen are you know the return of our Cybermen. Um, if that comes to be, it would be interesting to see how they get along with these Cybermen if these Cybermen mm. stay in our universe. I, mm. Sort of like what they did with the Dalek Civil War. Mm -hmm. Perhaps there's a cyber civil civil war, cyber civil war. Tongue twister. Uh, yes, definitely. Let's give our review of this before going into the preview of of uh, Doomsday. Doomsday. Mm. I'm gonna give it four and a half Tardis groans. I didn't think it was perfect, um, and mostly because of the Men in Black factor and reinventing the wheel factor. But that has more to do with. Torchwood in general than this particular story. I think the story goes right for the gusto, right from the beginning. Um, just as we're going into high gear, there's no setup. We're just jumping right into the action, and it does. They didn't waste time with the ghosts. It lasted just long enough to get the Cybermen on board. They didn't try to hold the Cybermen off till the, the bitter end. They even threw the Daleks into the mix. I mean, they really just... This is one of those things they took everything they had to throw it all in the pot, and next week, uh, you know, doomsday. We we'll have to see how how it how it sorts out. Yeah. yeah. I, um. Go on, Luke. I, I was just going to say I, I I will also give it four and a half. Um, as as well, I I thought it was a very strong episode. It was, I was just glad to see Doctor Who return, and um, I was, it's you know I. Not perfect, but um, still very strong, and um, I'm anxious to see Doomsday, and then uh, give an overall TARDIS grown evaluation of the two stories, you know, together. Okay, um, I'm going to give this four TARDIS grounds out of five. I I have to say that I would give it four and a half. But, but you just had to be different. <laughs> well, I had no. to be different for for. for for a start, obviously, but I also wanted to give it slightly lower, just because uh, I feel that it lacked something. I, I don't know what it lacked, uh, but maybe it was the pacing of the episode. I don't know, but I thought that it lacked something, and I think that next week, after we've seen next mm -hmm. week's episode, it will be... <clears throat> Sorry, it will be just as we've said before, in that the two episodes yeah. mm -hmm. as a whole will be much greater exactly. than their that, individual parts. That's why I said what I just said before, because I, I have a feeling of, of that same thing. You know, that next week's episode, you, you're going to get the full gist of what the story is about, you know, after seeing next story. Well, the, the same thing happened with, with right. Bad Wolf and Parting of the Ways. You know, Bad Wolf as a separate story is an excellent story, wow. but it's Parting of the Ways that pushes it over the top. And Indeed. I think the same thing is going to happen here. You know, obviously, yeah. and the same thing with Rise of the Cybermen and Age of Steel, where you know Rise of the Cybermen was only you know got to a certain level, and then it was Age of Steel that kind of tied it all together and brought it home. Exactly. Uh, the the only time I think that it worked in reverse, 
for Satan's me was with the Impossible, Impossible Planet. Planet. And yeah, I just thought Impossible Planet. The setup was. Much it was better, so yeah. it, the, the creep factor was stronger mm -hmm. in the first part. You know, it was just yeah. a creepy, creepy story. Well, and and for the most part of Satan's Pit, and the Doctor's dangling on a rope. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so in let's let's talk a little about the preview. Well, yeah, I, I thought that was fairly interesting. And this whole thing was. about the Genesis arc. <laughs> I know. Uh, I think Ty Sticks on our forums was saying that. That was an idea that uh, that we'd nicked off uh, Star Trek: the, the Wrath of Khan, the the second film. Yeah, yeah. Really? Um, I thought I thought Peter Gabriel, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, and uh, Phil Collins were going to come out <laughs> inside there. <laughs> they may, they may. Um, they I, may, yeah. That might be I, what all that flashing lights. Of course, about, the, the obvious concept. is, um, you know, when you think of Genesis and Daleks you, and and something of that size, you, you can think of one character. But I, I think they might be misleading us there. So um, yeah, I I don't know if Davros is coming back or not. But oh God, I hope not. <laughs> but I really hope I, not. I, I I've had I my fill don't of Davros. Think he is. I um I I, I think it's a it's it's going to be a mechanism. It's not going to be a um. Right, it's more of a device that they're a trying device, to... not a um, not a, not a, a being a container. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I agree, and I I think that it will be something that they want to use. Wait a minute, to... though. Then again, remember that IMDb thing having um, yeah, but they also had it for, for parting of the ways. Terry Malloy was. They also had mm. him for parting of the ways. So we don't. Interesting. Have... Though, IMDb interesting. is. Isn't... It's interesting, I agree, but not 100% accurate. Yeah. So yeah, it's the, it's the inaccurate movie database. Exactly. Um, but I, I would say that I'm going to keep it open, but I, I would have thought that just by looking at it is that, that from the past I'm... series, the Dalek, the Dalek Emperor clearly wanted to colonize Earth to make para Dalek paradise on Earth. And my feelings are that this Genesis arc is something very similar. It's a device to create paradise on Earth. Yeah, I think Genesis is the, the key. Daleks. Yeah, I think, and this is yeah. maybe something to propagate Daleks and for them to take over the the Earth, as you said. Yeah, that's my. I think my that feeling. the meddling monk is inside, <laughs> all the way back to the Dalek master plan. The master could be inside, even. Who knows? Could be well, helping out like the Daleks. They don't like each other, so. Uh, but it'd be interesting if they did work together. Hmm. <laughs> We're just throwing... Hey, you know what? This episode is so open-ended. I mean, there's so many possibilities that everything we're saying is could completely be legitimate. That's the craziest thing about it. <laughs> but that's you it. Know, they well, could open and... it up and the Suntarans could walk out. Well, you know, I mean, what's... When you had this giant this sphere, and, you know, and if you didn't know what was in there, there were some fans that speculated it could be Suntarans, but um, obviously that was not the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been very cool, though. I'd, equally, I would have liked to have seen a war against the. Suntarans and that would have been very surprising them. because there were no rumors to that effect, and no, you know, <laughs> no. I mean, so I mean, the, the one thing that I, um, the one negative thing, which just, I mean, it's like a quote unquote occupational hazard doing a podcast about Doctor Who that is spoilers are unavoidable for us is that I knew too much going into this so a lot of the surprises um, just because I 
court parts of it here and there, whatever I knew yeah. about, and I wish I hadn't known about it because I think that, that it would have that much more punch to it. You know, if I didn't know about I Mickey, agree. if I didn't know about Peter Tyler, I didn't know. You know, if I didn't know all these stuff, I thought it would have had a, a greater punch. Or if I didn't know about the Daleks I... returning or the Cybermen returning, it would have had more punch. I think in the next series. I'm purposefully not going to watch the previews because in in series one it was kind of unavoidable because they were, if I remember correctly, they, they were before the credits. Yeah, now for the most part. After the well, credits. I think it depends on what's coming up next. If it's a two-parter, I think they do it after the credits. Right. And if it's well, I think that we we've we've had more two-parters in this series than we have in the previous one. Thankfully, right? yes. So maybe that's why I'm getting yeah. why I'm getting confused. So. But I think that's better. And we had you've one got the that option to just turn it off. One episode didn't have a preview at all. Yeah, the Rise the, of Sunman uh, didn't have a preview at all for Age of Steel. That was yeah, deliberate. That's right, yeah. yeah. Well, but, um, uh, I'm wondering, perhaps inside that giant sphere, the cast of Enterprise. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no. no, 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 no. I don't know what <laughs> you've been the sniffing. Stargate cast. <laughs> All of us. Richard Dean Anderson is inside there, <laughs> and he's got a Tilt, gun. Can you see that Tilk will come out with his <laughs> massive staff and start shooting all the? Well, we know what was in the sphere was, the, but um, it's now the the Ark, which is um, the I'm un- sorry, the Ark. Uh, yeah, uh, and yeah, it's just a Genesis Ark. It's a dope name. I mean, it's so cool. <laughs> I, I'm yeah, just wondering nice. though. What on earth is that black Dalek all about? Is he like the new emperor? Is he just he's like just the bad? He's of the, the Dark Daleks? Vader of Daleks. <laughs> could well be, yeah, could well be. But I don't know. We could speculate till the ends of the earth. We're just going to have to wait until next week. Well, yeah, you guys are going to have to wait till six next days week. to go. I'm going to have to wait until next month to see it. Probably at this rate. No, he's going to fly back <laughs> to uh, to the UK and. To the UK just to see. I'll, I'll Unbeknownst just to Ruthann, you'll. <laughs> While she's I'll sleeping. To, I'll have to. Yes, in the middle of the night, or I'll have to tranquilize her or something and head off home and just sneakily. Yeah, I, I might. I might try and persuade her. I'll, I'll see. Uh, Maybe she'll have to go shopping, and you know, it. she'll get another new purse like she did last time, and. <laughs> <laughs> Who can say? Who can say? I'm sure I will get around to watching it. I'm just uh, a bit. But we're going to miss you, James. I'm missing you already. I know. Trying to get. Oh, it's going to be weird. It's it's emotional. It's emotional. Well, by hook or by crook, we'll get you back on the show somehow or another. The prisoners in there. Chris Eccleston's playing number six. Oh, in he the Genesis side. He goes, you I'm mean? not a number, I'm a free man! <laughs> I am not a number. <laughs> I am a person. It's the oh, Genesis arc, so obviously it's going to be the first Doctor is going to pop out of it, because that's when we first met the Daleks, and... <laughs> Never mind. I... But uh, I was just saying, we can speculate to the ends of the Earth, but yeah, we'll just have to see. But it, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a motion in view of, of Ken's fantastic suggestions... I think we should start a thread on the forum with suggestions no, of things that could be in the Genesis arc. By the time we get this out, it'll already have aired, and it won't be any fun. Well, no, maybe. He could, he could start a thread right now. It doesn't mean that, you know... 
I will. I'm going to start a thread right now. You heard it okay. here mm. first. July 2nd. <laughs> well, you heard it yeah. here second. You heard it here second, indeed. But yeah, I, I think that'd be really interesting. Um, and I think Ken should put in his suggestion about number six. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, or the or the meddling monk. <laughs> or Thelonious monk. It could be any number of monks. It could, it could be Monk the TV show. Out comes Tony Shalhoub. I think it's just be a bunch of monkeys. God, I think we really should get to feedback now, guys. Yeah, I think Good so. Lord. All right. <laughs> if you insist. <laughs> Someone take us out. <laughs> we'll be, All right, we'll be right back, unfortunately, with more Talk to Who podcast. <laughs> Whether you with like it or not. Talk to Who podcast. <laughs> <laughs> This planet is starting to boil. Keep going and both worlds are falling to the void. Genesis Ark is primed. The Cybermen came through from one world to another, and so did we. We must protect the Genesis Ark. This is our world, not yours, and you're going to listen for once. We didn't need to kill him. Neither did we need him alive. You're on every street. You're in their homes. You've got their children. Cybermen and Darlings. Together, we could upgrade the universe. blast we're back more doctor who podshock <laughs> www.podshock.net or gallifreyanembassy.org uh is the website with the forums and the news and all the other great things we have going on ken deep alongside louis trapani and mr james norton who is making his last appearance for a couple weeks as he's coming over here to the states mm. and if you want to uh Join James for a drink and live anywhere near Atlanta. That's where he'll be. He's more than happy to suck down 20 or 30 beers with you. Is that not the case, James? I'll be in Savannah, but you. Oh, Savannah. I'm sorry. It's quite all right. I'm sure there's a few good pubs down there. Okay, we got feedback. We got a lot of we feedback. Do. We got too much we feedback. Do. We do. <laughs> Not that we're discouraging feedback. Please keep it coming. We're really delighted that everyone's taking the time and effort of uh, not only emailing us, but sending audio uh, comments to us as well. And, um, you know, eventually, I know there are a lot that we still haven't gotten on the on the show. Eventually, we hope to get them all on, and we apologize for whatever delays. We're going to try to get to as much as we can in the time that we have remaining here in this episode. So, um, I guess we'll begin. We have... Um, that Neil guy, he's, <laughs> he's a friend of Dr. Who Pachak. He's uh, sent us uh, feedback in the past, and he can be seen on our, in our um, picture gallery. Uh, it's, uh, he's coming to us from the well-renowned um, home of the Hair Hut, but it's not... Um, yes! <laughs> but, plug, plug. Yes. Let's hear what Neil has to say. Uh, hey, wasn't Neil one of the winners of um, the story contest, one of our first contests? I'm not sure. I can't remember. Not, I can't not, remember not the either. winner, but one of them, I think. I don't know. All right. Maybe he was the winner. Here we go. Hey, 
it's that Neil guy in uh, Greenville, South Carolina, home of the world-famous Hair Hut. And uh, I just wanted to share with you guys that my uh, almost two-year-old daughter uh, does impressions. Uh, and, uh, well, frankly, you guys are the only people I know who might appreciate it. So, Emma, what does the dialect say? I Excellent. Uh, she also sings the Doctor Who theme, but I won't subject you to that. <laughs> that is awesome. Awesome, yes. The uh, the hair hut, the hair cutting establishment, not the radio show. There's that a difference. Is, <laughs> th- that home is here on Long Island. Yeah, but the, I, I knew that when I went to hairhut.com once, I got that. So hairhutradio.com became my, my website. But, but it was great stuff, though, and I thank him so much for the picture and uh, that Neil guy and his lovely daughter in, in the shot in front of the hair hut, the world famous hair hut. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And uh, she's just sent us in some more of her impressions. You know, I th- I'd love to hear what a cyber, what her take on the cyberman <laughs> would be. It's the new ones as well. Deleted, etc. Deleted. But yeah, we, we have had a whole host of feedback this week. So why don't we continue on with the audio feedback okay. this week? And Lewis is the man. Well, we got uh, with all the audio clips. We, we have um, we have plenty to go through, so let's to move along. Uh, our good friend Joe Barlow of Cinema Slave has um, sent in a piece of audio feedback. Um, and, um, I think he's um, talking about an experience he had relating to Doctor Who. And um, and so, Joe, what did you have to say? What was your experience? Greetings, Ken Lewis and James. This is Joe Barlow here from the Cinema Slave Podcast, and I had to share a funny story with you guys about something that happened to me at work this week. Uh, As you may know, I actually do telephone support for a large bank here in the U.S., and we get calls from all over the world since many people come to the U.S., open an American bank account, and use it to do business in their native country. So I had a very irate gentleman call the other day from the UK uh, about something that had been done improperly on his account. So as I worked to resolve the problem quickly for him, I happened to mention, uh, in an effort to calm him down, I took a shot in the dark. (laughs) And I said, uh, oh, I really love talking to people from the UK. And he said, oh, why is that? And I said, oh, because I'm such a huge Doctor Who fan, and I know it's very big over there. Well, I want you to know that immediately the tone of that call turned around. <laughs> Turns out he is also a big Doctor Who fan, especially of John Pertwee, who is uh, his hero, his favorite Doctor. And so having just recently watched, uh, rewatched rather, Death to the Daleks, I was able to uh, discuss some nuances of that with him while we were fixing his account. Since most of fixing a bank of a, uh, since most of fixing a bank account is waiting for the computer to catch up with you, at least where I work, uh, we had lots of uh, uh, downtime to chat while we had the hourglass on our screens. So <laughs> I want you to know that Doctor Who helped me turn around an irate customer calling in from the UK, and by the end of that call, he was very, very delighted with his service and with our bank. So. Jonathan from the UK, if you're listening, Joe from your bank says hi. So anyway, I just had to share that with you. It was a funny story, and uh, I love how Doctor Who helps influence all aspects of our daily life. You guys take care now. That's a great story. I love that. There's so many stories like that. You know, we we get in with with feedback, either written or or audio, and I, I... 
so often working at, at a Hollywood video, uh, I'm watching Doctor Who, and someone comes in and goes, are you watching Doctor Who? <laughs> Is this one with... And didn't you, Ken, didn't you have an you, experience on the train um, while you were watching Doctor Who on your iPod? Or was that someone uh, else? I didn't. All right. I'm, no, I think that was someone else. It wasn't me. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ken. I wish I had Doctor Who on my iPod. That would be awesome. Uh, but, but I have had experiences where people have come in the store and recognized that I was watching. First of all, it's just great that I get paid to have Doctor Who on in the store. But it, it's just my little part that I, there's always someone who's going to walk in and go, are you watching Doctor Who? Um, and, and it's been great. It, it, that's actually how Omega in our forums, uh, he and I work together. And um, I would watch Doctor Who and he's like, what is this that you're watching? And it went from what is this to you're watching to... Joe is now a huge yeah, Doctor Joe Who Yeah, Joe is very much in tune with Doctor Who and is very much up on... And caught up very quickly. I I'm amazed how he, how, how he has done that because Doctor Who has such a rich history, yet he knows, uh, he knows his stuff. So, mm. uh, yeah, he's, he definitely soaked it up. You know, it, it, def, it was something that he... And he's, and he's also uh, knows his big finish material and stuff. He's, he's very familiar with the stuff outside of just the broadcast uh, material. That brings me to one quick point uh, that we, we neglected in news, and that is this week, tomorrow, as we record this, July 3rd, are the three audio CDs featuring David Tennant uh, reading yes. The Drowned, the Rose, and Resurrection Casket. Yes, it is. And uh, I have to say that I've read The Stone Rose, and I'll be doing a re review very, very soon, but I'd, be, I'd love to hear... Uh, I don't think I'll buy them because uh, I do like to read. Um, but if anybody has listened to them more, uh, because obviously by the time this gets out, um, everyone will have flocked out and bought them probably, or quite a few people will have listened to them. So let us know what you think of them. I'd, I'd love to know what they're like. They're supposed to have uh, extra material on them, right? He does some question and answers or... Is doesn't he do I or, think so, or some improv yeah. improvisation on him or something to that effect? I'm not sure. I've been told by certain people that they are worth buying because mm -hmm. people have heard a sneak peek <laughs> at some of them and they've said that, that it is definitely, if you've got the books, do go out and buy them. But I'm, I think it would be awesome if they appeared on the iTunes Music Store. I think the, the BBC should hook that up. Mm. The most interesting uh, audiobooks that I own, and I, I own quite a collection of them, um, as, as Lou will attest to, uh, I have an X-Files, or a few X-Files books that are read by Gillian Anderson, which to me is almost like having Scully like read her diary to you. If she's mm -hmm. there talking, uh, I have a, a couple with William Shatner. I mean, to get William Shatner to do, William Shatner could read the ingredients on cornflakes, and it would just be William Shatner. It just, you can't soak up enough William Shatner. <laughs> and um, there's, there was another one. Oh, Anthony Daniels, I think, did some of the Star Wars ones. So anytime you get a, a cast member to do something like that, it always adds an added dimension. And that's no disrespect to the um, hundreds of talented voice artists that, that read audiobooks. I mean, every one of them are talented. But when, there is something special if you're a fan of a, of a show uh, and, and one of the original actors, uh, especially if they do a little something in character, there's always something, an, an added layer to that. Yeah. And it's also nice that uh, David Tennant's agreed to, to do it because I, uh, as much as you know, I, I absolutely adore Christopher Eccleston, but I could just never, ever see him doing that, mm. uh, reading out an audio book. It's not his style. Um, so I think it's really awesome that David Tennant 
uh, agreed to do it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I may go out and buy them, even though I've already got the books. I'll, I'll wait and hear what people have to say mm-hmm. about them first, I think. But yeah, well, well picked up on uh, Ken. I must admit, I did read that only yesterday, but completely oh, no problem, no problem. It. I, just, I, you know, I knew that it was something we we had talked about a few months ago, and and in, you know, July seemed so far away when we were talking it, about it. Yeah. And, yes, and here it is. Hard to know? believe we're in July, and then um, that's July third. Those audiobooks, and then um, July fourth is, is um, the DVD release in the U.S. of the bo- of the series one box set of DVDs. Yes. Uh, yeah. July fifth is a marathon on doc- on Sci Fi Channel of Doctor Who. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a all these things being behind us by the time this, and this goes I out. I think the BBC is doing a marathon as well of Doctor Who episodes. Yes, this week mm-hmm. they, they had, that was the voiceover yes. on the end credits, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Mm. It's a mammoth re- week for Doctor Who. Yeah. So uh, uh, one thing I, I wanted to uh, that I was thinking about that I, I wanted to get your take on uh, just briefly, James, was that this year's uh, series two seemed to go deeper into the summer. You know, last because time it started it, later. It started later, it ended later, and and I don't know. Do do you think that we've talked, we've heard rumors about the ratings and some of the things that have been made about the ratings? Do you think that um, in Britain the summer is a broadcasting a first run show in the summer is is detrimental here in the states? It's generally considered to be the kiss of death. Would you say it's the same in Britain? I don't think so. I honestly don't. Um... I know what you mean there, because in the summer, well, particularly here in the UK, um, we our summer, you can click your fingers and it happens. It's there and then gone. So people really exploit it um, and get out there and do things in the sun while they can, uh, just because the summer is so short here. Um, but having said that, I think that Doctor Who is placed just nicely uh, everybody knows when it is seven o'clock on Saturday evenings you don't even have to tell people that and they know it which is why he got so annoyed with the BBC for mucking around with the times all the time so this week but it I worked th- to our favor this week they did they pre they 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 changed the the schedule for the news they did they, they actually moved I was the news program because... to make room for Doctor Who yeah well I was worried because they uh, obviously England lost the football, which was directly before Doctor Who, so I, and it went into extra time for like half an hour, and then it went to penalties. I was really worried that it was going to be um, put back, and because they, they seem to really want to do that all the time. Mm. But I don't know. Maybe they were listening to us, and maybe they <laughs> the you know, realised, hey, <laughs> indeed, the guys at Podshot know what they're talking about. But I, I, I think that Doctor Who now is more popular than it's ever been. And certainly I know all sorts of people now who not ever having seen Doctor Who before or not having even considered watching Doctor Who because it's been just so weird and out there are really, really into the show. And And I think that is... Go on, sorry. No, I was just going to say that just goes right back to the the, the piece of feedback from Joe Barlow, you know, how that worked for him, you know, so that could work to your advantage, you know, being a Doctor Who fan, you don't have to be a nerdy little, um, you know, you know, hide in a closet being a Doctor Who fan anymore. Yeah, but I I certainly... Come out and embrace, come come out and embrace your Doctor, your inner Doctor Who Show your pride. 
Indeed. But I, I, I don't think it's made a difference, to be honest. I think people would watch it whenever it's on. I mean, for heaven's sake, it was on, on Christmas Day at 7 o'clock and got, you know, record-blowing figures because everybody sat down and watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think it makes a difference when Doctor Who is on. As long as it's on regular and people know when it is, then people will sit down and they will watch it whether it's winter, spring, summer, whenever, they will watch it. Winter, spring, summer, <laughs> But I do want to thank Joe Barlow for his comments, and it's interesting here. Yes. Uh, Joe is a host of Cinema Slave, a weekly podcast on, on, on films. So you can find it at cinemaslave.com. Uh, he's also the author of 100 Nights in the Dark, a collection of contemporary film reviews and essays. Um, which is available at bookstores everywhere. And all-around nice guy. He is, yes. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. So um, moving along, we do have um, more feedback to get to. So um, um, perhaps since we just mentioned um, the box set coming out on July 4th, uh, this is a comment that was just sent in to us, uh, Derek, talking about um, his um, unusual find, and um, because this was actually sent in to us on June 27th, and there's a reason why I'm mentioning the date. Hello, Podshock people. My name is Derek, and I just uh, this is my first time using Skype, and the headset I bought doesn't seem the mic doesn't seem to be working, so forgive the audio quality. Um, I just was at uh, Best Buy today, and they had the Eccleston uh, complete first season available for sale for about, I think it was 70 or $75. And it's not supposed to actually be on the shelf yet. And I just confirmed, just went to Amazon, and it says that it hasn't been released, that it's still scheduled for uh, next week, for July 4th. But thought you guys might be interested that Best Buy, at least out here in Los Angeles, is already selling it. Okay, talk to you later. Bye. Well, it is in a TARDIS box. It is time traveling, perhaps. <laughs> mm. Now, obviously, these box sets have um, been available since. Street date and coming from a Hollywood video guy, feel free to report them at Warner Brothers or buy it. Can <laughs> uh, uh, you're breaking up? Ooh. We're losing count. Sounds like there's time distortions. Yeah, really. <laughs> Poor Ken. He's turned into a Cyberman. You will be deleted. All right. Well, we obviously we're obviously losing Ken. Right, oh, here we. Go. He's back. Oh, he's back. Welcome back, Ken. No, I guess he's gone again. Technology. Curse it. Curse it. All right, well, hopefully so, Ken will join back with us soon. Let's, he, he's, oh, actually, he, let's see if we can... Yeah, he's gone He's completely. gone from the conference, and let's see if we can... Let's see if we can drag him back in again. I do like how he apologizes before he goes, though. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Well, we're trying to get Ken back on. In the meantime, why don't I read a quick email from sure. Ashley, who is Triple B. Ashley! That, we miss you. That lovely lady from, from Australia. Uh, 
who has, of course, sent many audio comments in before with Chris, our Australian correspondent. And she says, uh, hi, guys, just dropping a line to say that I'm enjoying the show as much as ever. But I have realized I need to choose where I listen much more wisely. I was in the gym today, which is normal. Well done, last nice to see someone's out doing a bit. I know I, I need to. Uh, and listening to the show, when I noticed I was receiving a few odd looks from around the place, I realized I wasn't doing a very good of hiding my mirth. But consider it a compliment, as you guys are doing a fa fabulous job. Keep up the good work, Ashley, who is, of course, Triple B. Well, cheers, Ashley. Yes. We would love to have you on the show at mm -hmm. some point in the future. And the same goes with Chris. We've not heard from you in a while, mate. Yes. Uh, please do get back in touch. I realize that people mm -hmm. are busy, um, but it is nice to talk to our wonderful friends down under. Absolutely. So... Ken has completely vanished. Yeah, we're trying to um, reconnect with him, but so far, no luck. Um, hopefully. Uh, Skype. <laughs> what do you know? I don't know. Well, anyway, getting back to uh, th that comment about the box set, um, obviously these box sets have been available uh, for months now. They were actually supposed to be released on February 14th, both in, the Can both yeah. in Canada and the U.S., and then they um, you know, artificially withheld it in the U.S. because of the Sci-Fi Channel showing uh, the 2005 series. So, um, you know, so it's probably been distributed early on since they had them lying around in a warehouse somewhere. And I guess, you know, so these larger retailers are, you know, probably got them in and then put them out immediately thinking, not knowing any better. You know, I don't know. Oh, they probably thought, hey, we've had these since February. Why don't we just put them out there now? <laughs> <laughs> Sick and tired of waiting. Want their money. So I, I don't think there's going to be any U.S. fans complaining. So, um, you know, all... Yeah, shh. quiet. <laughs> all the better. So, um, anyway, we do have more feedback that we're going to try to get to. Uh, this is uh, Philip in Illinois. He has some comments about um, the Impossible Planet and Satan Pit. And um, we're going to um, hear what he had to say. I'm calling the right numbers. It's Philip in Illinois calling, uh, leaving a message for Dr. Hotshot. I just wanted to leave a message about the Satan Pit, Satan Pit and the uh, Impossible Planet in the reverse order, is that I know everyone was pointing out references to Dune, to Alien and such, but no one pointed out that Mr. Jefferson uh, was played by an actor who was featured as Morse, the only surviving convict in Alien 3. Um, if anyone wants to, I checked it on the Internet Movie, uh, Internet Movie Database, but I hope you guys uh, check that out and enjoy that. And uh, good, good work on the podcast, and uh, thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Yeah, I know Ken was really interested in this, and I'm sorry that he's just completely disappeared off our uh, radar here. Yeah. But yeah, I, I never realized that. I'm, I've, I must confess that um, I've only seen one of the Alien movies, uh, and I've not seen... I've seen bits of the others, but I haven't actually seen them all, so uh, that is news to me. And uh, But I must admit, it, I did... Me and Lewis were saying he did seem familiar. I did. Yes, yes, seem he, to he, know him from somewhere else. He, um, like many um, times in, the, in watching the new series, I'm coming across actors and actresses that that seem familiar. Like I had seen him elsewhere, and he, and he was one of them. But I couldn't place where I had seen him. And um, 
um, I'm sorry, I'm, I, I'm stalling because uh, I just saw Ken appear momentarily and I'm trying to get him back on into our conversation here. Uh, anyway, so as I was saying, uh, Hello. Ken. Hey, Ken, you're sorry, back. Sorry, sorry. I, I don't know what happened. I, I, my connection all of a sudden slowed down real bad. And I, well, I did just, I rebooted everything. So. Yeah, we're trying to, uh, I was I trying see. to get you back into the conference and without uh, any success. So, sorry. No, that's all right. It's obviously, it was beyond your control. Need to resync? No, we're still going. We're, oh, okay. We're still, nope. <laughs> this is still the show. <laughs> we, I don't. My saying about the street date goes through. Yeah, pretty much um, being a Hollywood video manager, breaking the street date's a, a colossal no-no. Uh, but, but if, like Lewis, uh, you know, would say, go ahead and buy it. <laughs> really, enjoy it. Uh, it. It could be an honest mistake, you know, because people just don't know. But um, if it was intentional, that, that really is not very nice for the, the rest of us. You know, street date isn't like a law or anything. It's just a like a rule that video distributors and video stores agree upon, so that in all fairness, everyone starts at the same time. Mm. So yeah, that's the only thing I, I I was saying this, you know, when we lost you before that they these had, these box sets had been available since February fourteenth, uh, actually before them because the original Street Day was February fourteenth uh, before they decided to withhold it. So these could have been sitting in Best Buy's warehouse, main warehouse somewhere, and they just wanted to you know get it out and just taking up valuable space, perhaps, or I, you know who knows, or try to get a jump you on making say. a buck. Yes. Which we already know Best Buy does by offering exclusive tracks or extra discs or whatever. Uh, that's true. Well, hmm. we, we just heard from Philip um, in Illinois, and he was talking about the Impossible Planet and Satan's Pit, and then made a comment or a point that the, char- the actor that played Jefferson, because uh, we when we did our review, we were comparing it to Alien and um, Aliens and Outland and various other, um, the Black Hole and whatever, but he made a point saying that uh, the actor, who I don't, I don't have his name handy right now, was um, actually one of the surviving um, characters in Alien 3, and I didn't realize that. Wow, yeah, actually he was, because he had a shaved head in that. Well, obviously everybody did, but I, I do remember he was the, the crazy guy, wasn't he? I don't know. I, remember I don't there was remember. one guy who was a little off his rocker mm-hmm. that survived at the end? I don't remember that. I haven't seen it in a, in a long time. And if you, if you want to go to Alien 3 references, of course, Paul, Paul McGann, McGann is in course, the movie. Yes. Uh, but also the, and the gentleman s- who played the warden was in Attack of the Cybermen. He was the, you know, getting a bit rough, is it? You know, and he was the uh, one of the henchmen alongside mm. Linton. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of Doctor Who. And Sigourney uh, Weaver, who Russell T. Davies wants to have on the show, is um, obviously in it. <laughs> <laughs> she would make a great companion, you know. She will, she, I think she, she's, she will tower over the Doctor, though, but yes. <laughs> yes, well. So, but she, she at least is experienced in handling alien affairs, wouldn't you say? <laughs> she can handle a gun. Definitely. <laughs> well, definitely. Um, all right. So, well, speaking of handling guns and that that type of stuff, uh, we have a comment about Parting of the Ways, uh, last year's uh, season finale, and here we go. I was just listening to uh, your discussion of Parting of the Ways, and it reminded me of a phone call I got from my mother-in-law uh, a 
couple of days after the episode aired on the Sci-Fi Channel, I'd I'd uh, gotten hurt, and uh, ultimately my father-in-law also to start watching the show, and they I think they saw pretty much every episode. But she called me up after parting the ways and said, "I have to talk to you about this Doctor Who thing because at the end of this episode, he suddenly turned into another actor. What's going on?" Anyway, that's uh, just thought I'd share that. That's I think the uninitiated public. Uh, perception can be uh, uh, a little bit confused. Okay, bye-bye. Well, anyone that's not initiated with regenerations, it's going to be a bit unique, to say the least. And this is this is why I will reiterate my point that this is the time to, for us to be emailing and, and contacting Sci-Fi Channel, because we should be saying, well, something happens, and then you guys leave us hanging, and that's all the more reason mm. for them to pick up Series 2. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and as Ken has said before, emails the Sci-Fi Channel say we want to know what happens. Get the Christmas Invasion onto the Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, you know, there's no reason why they can't show it uh, in the middle of the year. Indeed, uh, Australia and uh, the the Australian Broadcasting Corporation are showing it uh, this July. Yeah, so yeah, I think July eighth, I believe. So, I, I from what we said last time around was uh, the to our understandings the Sci-Fi Channel's ratings were fairly decent. You know, as far as comparing it to the same time slot, the same quarter, t- same quarter of last year, the year before, and um, so I think it was fairly favorable. So hopefully, you know, they they have no excuse. You know, so they should they should go forward with it. All right. Um, we have um, we're getting close in time. Um, before I go to do any more uh, audio feedbacks, uh, did we have any more definite emails that we wanted to read out before? Yes, just one more. Um, and this is from a person who is in Canada in uh, TO. I'm sorry, I don't know what that stands for. I, I apologize. Golda? But... Uh, Golda, mm-hmm. yes. So, and uh, he or she it's says, maybe Toron- I'm sorry, I don't know. Toronto, Ontario, don't- perhaps, or something like that? I'm sorry. Possibly, I, I don't know. Getting a little rusty. I'm, I'm Mike, where's Mike? Pretty poor Russell? on my geography. <laughs> Just looking for our Canadian yeah, where correspondents. Where are our Canadian correspondents when we need them? <laughs> anyway, the email says, being Canadian, I don't generally have a problem with Britishisms. But uh, this maybe this is a generational thing. In the lunchroom in the school reunion, the doctor tries to show Rose how hip he is and says that he's expected to see students in the school with, sorry, I don't have an exact quote, slapping something hoodies with asbos and ringtones. Uh, here in Toronto, a hoodie is a hooded sweatshirt and a ringtone is the sound your cell phone makes when it rings. What in the world was the doctor talking about? And can you give me an exact quote? Thanks for your translation, Golda in T.O. Hoovering since Spearhead from Space. That's, of course, the first ever John Pertwee story. Mm. Anyway, the exact quote that I found of uh, School Reunion... Sorry, I do apologize. I'm going through a bit of a cold at the moment. Uh, the, The exact quote was happy slappy hoodies happy slappy hoodies with asbos happy (laughs) slappy hoodies with asbos and ringtones so what 
the doctor is referring to here, well, first things first. Uh, so happy slapping is essentially a fad where it's, it's pretty diabolical. It's pretty disgusting, actually. It's where essentially someone, an unsuspecting victim is attacked while the whole event is recorded in some way, either on a camera phone or a smartphone or a digital camera, whatever, um, and sent to friends who can then view it and all laugh at the situation. Um, but it's been quite serious. In, in fact, some people have even been killed. Uh, but it's very popular oh among uh, rough teenagers here in the UK. It's, it occurs all over Europe, really. I don't think there have been any um, recorded incidents in the US, but it is stupid anyway. But it's it's associated with chavs essentially. With uh, I think I've described what a chav is mm -hmm. before, but uh, young delinquents who have nothing better to do essentially. Um, <clears throat> and an ASBO mm -hmm. stands for. Uh, it's not actually a word, it, it's an acronym. So it stands for Antisocial Behaviour Order. Ah. It's quite like a... Um, what can I draw an analogy to for North Americans? It's almost like a restraining order, but it's a restraining order to do a specific thing. Like, for instance, if you have been... Uh, shouting at old ladies in in the supermarket, then you may be ordered not to go to that particular supermarket again. Something along those lines. It's an order which restricts you from mm -hmm. doing something. Uh, and it's generally given out to uh, young delinquents, although it's not uh, exclusive to that. And you're ex exactly right with um, <clears throat> hoodies and ringtones. Uh, those are uh, hoodies, hoodies are associated with chavs because they're a great way for them to cover up their identity. And ringtones are just annoying, basically. <laughs> so he's basically describing chavs. He's essentially saying that he's expecting these young people to all be chavs. So uh, I guess that's the best way to uh, explain that, I suppose. I'm, I do apologize again for my uh, illness. Hopefully I'll be uh, much better for next time. Yes, yes, we do hope you feel better. I'm sorry that you have to travel under these um, conditions as well. <laughs> I'll be fine. I'll yeah, be fine. you just I'm want him to not... stay home. Yeah, or... because if he stays home, we still have him. <laughs> I'll be fine. Um, I'm not one of these blokes who gets man flu. I'm not I really on Tinder. I've just got a bit of a cold, which I'm slowly getting over, but there we are. So I guess that was the last email that... Uh, we had to read out that I had, certainly, anyway. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I think we'll just do one more audio feedback, and then we'll call it a wraps. And we still have more that we didn't get to. And I, as I said at the beginning of this feedback section, is that we'll get to them eventually, or we hope to. So um, this is uh, Ross McKay. Hi there, it's Ross McKay from Melbourne, Australia again also known as ROSMAC on both the iPost Gallifrey and Gallifrey Embassy forums. Not that I post there very much, um, but if you have seen me there, that's my name. This news will probably be a little bit out of date by the time it's broadcast, but it's still worth it in case anyone hasn't heard yet. Basically just following up on the 
new story about Doctor Who in Australia that was on Podshot number 42. Um, things have changed for the better since I last recorded. Uh, at that stage, we didn't have an official date, and two sources had suggested that August the 5th was going to be the start date. Since then, we've now had official word direct from the ABC that the official start date of the new series, starting from the Christmas Invasion, is going to be 7.30 p.m. on Saturday, July the 8th. So that's some excellent news for Australian fans. After thinking we'd have to wait till August, we're now getting it a month earlier. So if you're in Australia, keep an eye on the ABC for the promotions. They've already started and they're on a fairly high rotation by the signs of it. I've only managed to catch one of them so far, which basically shows a number of shots of people on top of high buildings with on-title screens such as, this is not a car ad, and no, it is not an ad for beer, and then goes on to say how the world is being invaded and the one man who can save it isn't feeling very well, followed by a montage of a number of other shots from the episode. Uh, now, despite having already seen it in the UK earlier this year, it still made me very excited all over again. Um, there's another ad also showing, but I haven't seen that one. It's basically a Christmas in July themed episode. Um, it's how they're promoting it, asking the question, do you fancy a Christmas in July? So based on my wife and I are quickly making our way through season one again to prepare for the new series. And once again, thanks again to the Posters of the Outpost Gallifrey Forum for the majority of the news in this report, and I'll let you know if there's any further news. And in response to Ken's question about whether the new series has been edited uh, such as the old series was here in Australia, to the best of my knowledge, it hasn't been, uh, but I haven't seen any comparisons between the UK version and our screen versions. However, I haven't heard any outcry about the edit but there being edited versions, so I can only assume that it has not been edited. But I should be getting the box set, DVD box set, in the next few months, so I should be able to confirm then whether there's any difference. So yeah, thanks again. Sorry for the audio quality of this. I'm just recording straight to the inbuilt microphone on my iMac, so I hope you can hear me okay. Uh, otherwise, thanks a lot for Podshock, and I'll see you next time. All righty. Thank you so much for us um, and giving us an update on what's going My on. Question. Yes. About the censorship. Go ahead, Ken. Yeah, no, I was. I appreciated the answer, and it was good to know that. You know, I was wondering if that had changed from when the show had originally. Yeah, I mean, it was very restrictive back in the. I mean, if we look at the stuff that was cut out of the, you know, um, what was it the was it the most recent box set the big the um, or was it one of the. Um, the other ones, those um, Hartnell and Troughton box sets of DVDs where they had their Australian clips that were censored out originally. The censored clips, sure, from like Fury from the Deep and things like that. There, you know, screams or a, a knife being list, uh, lifted. But it also depends on when um, the time when period. it was broadcast yeah. in Australia, the time slot mm -hmm. it was in, too. You know, we'd, we're, um, if it was because it was deemed a children's show and perhaps it was shown earlier in the evening, uh, you know, or, or a time where perhaps ABC was a little more uh, sensitive. So I was just curious to see, the, to compare it to the current show and, and compare the current laws and, and say the state of the censorship. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right, well, uh, we've come to uh, another close of an episode. Um, we're well over two hours, so thank you for bearing with us. Yes. And um, we're going to miss you, James. Please, um, please stay in touch. 
I will. You'll you'll hear from me. I promise. Even if it's just me calling up the uh, the Podshock public call box, I I will be in touch, and you uh, you will hear me in future shows. Hopefully, uh, in slightly uh, better health wise. Anyway. Yes. Yes. Um, but, uh, for, for the- if not, I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, well, you definitely will. You, <laughs> fear not, everyone. James will be back with us live for uh, Doctor Who Pachak. Uh, the, the call box number is 206-888-4WHO. That's a U.S. number. Feel free to call to leave your feedback um, and for possible inclusion of Doctor Who Pachak. So uh, for Ken, James, and myself, thanks so much for listening. And Yes, thank you. We'll be back next week for our review of Doomsday. And we'll find out what this whole Genesis arc is all about. (laughs) It's really the arc of the covenant in there. (laughs) They're going to open it up and all our faces will be melting and that type of stuff. (laughs) All right. Cheers, everyone. Didn't you guys Sunday school? You've been listening to Doctor Who Podshock by the fan-run GallifreyanEmbassy.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock. You can email us at feedback at podshock.net. Now, what do you make of that? Check.